0: Hello, and welcome to the Sussex County Teacher Edition of the Shift for Wellness podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Caputo, and this space has been created just for you as it promotes living with ease while facing challenges and tragedies with courage and resilience. Stress and anxiety levels in students have become a major issue in the classroom, and that's why I'm super excited you tuned in because this series is all about what teachers in the county of Sussex in the state of New Jersey are doing in the name of social and emotional learning. One of the things I've come to know about facing challenges and tragedies is that our kiddos are suffering greatly from them, and year after year, I witness these levels increasing. Students trust themselves less, they lack resiliency, as well as the ability to cope with minor disruptions. As the Sussex County Teacher of the Year for the 2019-2020 school year, it's become my mission to seek out those teachers in the county who are also implementing best practices of social and emotional learning, in particular, the practices of yoga and mindfulness in the classroom. These teachers are making tremendous shifts in the learning process for kids. And with the help of our Executive County Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Rosalie Lamont, and all the chief administrators in the county, I've been able to make some connections, hear some stories, and learn about the healthy goodness that's happening in our classrooms to help our kids of all ages K-12, through 12, build strong social and emotional character, which creates a solid foundation to confront the personal and academic challenges they're facing. So today I'm speaking with Stephanie Diano, who works at the Valley Road School in Stanhope, New Jersey. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. I'm so excited, too. I really want to thank you for taking the time to speak with me today and for sharing your work with our listeners. These times have been incredibly difficult for everyone, and certainly they've been very interesting for teachers, just because we're all learning how to navigate this new remote learning territory. So I'm very appreciative of the time that you've been able to set aside for us today and to share whatever... Goodness, you're going to share with us today. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been teaching for, and how you're implementing social and emotional learning with your students?
1: Absolutely. So I have been a teacher for four years. I have been at Stanhope for two and a half years, and I teach third grade there. I like to incorporate mindfulness into the classroom as much as possible by getting my kids to be aware of their own feelings. I find that by the time they get to third grade, a lot of kids have this kind of mindset where feeling happy is a good thing, feeling sad is bad, feeling angry is bad, and feeling excited is good, and so on and so forth. And no matter how they came to this realization, I want them to start being aware that actually all feelings are good. It's okay to feel sad and angry or upset as long as you can kind of know how to manage all of your feelings and you know maybe how you got a certain way or what caused you to feel a certain way. Um, so I do this with two resources that I absolutely love. The first one is called youhue.com. Um, and the kids check in on Hue every morning, so they log on, they have their own private code, they log on and they click out of a few, a, type, a bunch of different options for how they are feeling, and they write a little blurb, maybe a sentence or two about why they feel that way, and I just quickly scan their responses just so I can get a feel for how my class is each morning and how I can best teach them. Um, And the other thing that I love to use is called Breathe Like a Bear. It's a book that has um, one to two-minute mindful moments for each kid to feel calm, focused, anytime, anywhere. It's a book by Kira Wiley. And maybe at the end of our interview, we could do one together.
0: I think that would be awesome. You have mentioned two great resources. So in case anyone didn't catch those resources, don't worry. What I'll do is I will collect all those resources when we're finished with the interview and I'll make sure that I post them onto the website so everyone has access to them. This you, hue that you talked about, I cannot wait to... That's new to me. I can't wait to put that into place. I think that is fabulous. For- it is
1: really awesome. My kids have really gotten used to kind of taking that maybe 30 seconds every day to just check in with their own minds and thinking, I'm feeling good today or I'm feeling not so good today. Um, And then I also like to use it whenever we have like a big event in the class. Maybe if we just finished a book, I'll be like, check in on you, Hugh, and let me know how you're feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'll do it occasionally more than once a day, but without fail every morning.
0: I love it. I love it. And especially while the kids are learning from home and they're sensing, not sensing, but they're having so many frustrations and feeling lots of different feelings, it's a really great way to have them check in. And you also mentioned something about... Um, which I loved how you're teaching the kids that whatever they're feeling, it's okay. And that is really what mindfulness is all about. It's all about being nonjudgmental and being curious and kind. And that's to yourself and to others. So I love that that's the message you're teaching these kids in third grade.
1: Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. With the learning from home and this kind of uncertain time, I mean, it's enough to shake all of us a little bit, but imagine being eight years old right now. And, you know, they are, it's great to see them respond to this change in a way that makes them just a little bit self-aware too.
0: Yeah. And also because of the practices that you've been um, sharing with them since September, you've really helped them to create a resiliency within themselves, which is just phenomenal.
1: Yeah, I hope so. I hope, I hope that that's kind of, they probably don't even realize it, but I do hope that that's building within them.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, um, I'm curious to know what caused you to initiate mindfulness, Stephanie, was this a school initiative or was this purely a creation of your own?
1: So a little bit of both. Um, I practice mindfulness in my own life. Um, I find that it really helps me to deal with my own stresses and my own anxieties, but it's also um, kind of a passion of my principles, so I'm very lucky that I had her support. She was the one who recommended Breathe Like a Bear to me. She was the one who kind of encouraged me to take this on in my own classroom as much as I also wanted to do it on my own. So we kind of have like a nice little team effort there. And really like with this remote learning, I'm just so glad more than ever that I have been able to do this with my kids. And we are used to doing Breathe Like a Bear twice a day. We do it Once in the morning to kind of all get us together to get ready for the day. And then once at the end of the day. And when I told the kids we were still doing it via Google Meet remote learning, they were so excited. They're just used to that. Um, So, I mean, I'm so grateful to my principal for recommending that book to me and that practice.
0: Yeah, you know, you said two really important things. First of all, you have a personal practice. You know, I think that teaching mindfulness is so important for everyone to be able to do, but before you can really teach mindfulness, you have to be able to have your own personal practice so that you can relate to the kids in a certain way. And um, to be able to understand your own experiences to the practice so that you can help them to understand theirs. And then you mentioned administrative support. Man, there is nothing like getting the green light from a supportive administrator who stands by your side and just supports you, encourages you, gives you the go-ahead to put these best practices into place. So I'm so happy that you have that.
1: Oh, definitely. I'm so grateful every day. Shout out Mrs. DeCataldo. She is
0: awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. So I was going to ask you how, you know, you've, you've pretty much talked about how the students are responding to it. Is there anything else you wanted to add to that? Um, you know, what are you finding throughout the day or in when the kids aren't at school? Are they sharing anything with you about how this practice is helping them in other areas of their lives? yeah um
1: so my kids are a little bit slow to it in the beginning at first it might be i am happy because we have gym today which is that is valid of course i want to validate that but that but that's september stuff now we're in April, and they're kind of saying things to me like, I'm happy because we have gym today, and I love gym because I love the way I feel when I run around.
0: Mm. So they're
1: starting to think deeper, which I absolutely love. To be to breathe like a bear was a little bit tough for some of my kids to get behind at first. We're all sitting there. Some of them have their eyes closed. We're all taking deep breaths together. It is just so unlike anything some of these kids have ever done done before that it took them a little while to get warmed up to it but i found by the time um we hit back to school night the kids were telling their parents about it their parents were loving it so they were going home and sharing these different things with their parents and their families which was awesome so it did take them Maybe a week or two to get warmed up, but then they really, they really ran
0: with it. Yeah, you know that eye closing piece is a big piece because there's a big trust factor there. So I always make sure that I invite the kids to at least gaze gently down at their desk or at the floor because um, it's just a it's a, it's eye opening to see how many kids are uncomfortable to close their eyes and how many just close their eyes and go right in and just enjoy the practice. But um, I do find that if I at least invite them to gaze softly down, it helps them to and, and explain why, like why you're doing this to just minimize the amount of stimulus that's going in right now so you can just focus on you. And then that helps them to understand the whole process a little bit more.
1: Yeah. I always kind of say, do whatever you need to do to just be here. If you need to stand up, stand up. I don't, if you need to sit down, sit down, eyes open, eyes closed, however you want to do it to really just be in this moment and take this time
0: together. Great. How about hiccups? Have there any been, have have there been any hiccups along the way to um, establishing this practice in your class? It sounds like it was pretty much smooth sailing.
1: Yeah, it was really seamless. And I think that's because I don't, I don't go in with like a mindfulness lesson plan, or I don't go in with, okay, we're dedicating these next 40 minutes to mindfulness. I kind of just make it part of our routine. And I think that kids respond really well to that. I At first, like I said a minute ago, I think just kind of getting that close to their own feelings was a little bit tricky for some of them. But now they're there, and it, I mean, I really could not have asked for a more seamless transition into it. It was really great.
0: I love hearing you say that because I just published an article in this month's NJEA review about mindfulness is not a class period. It is a lifestyle. And you, you just said it so beautifully. There doesn't need to be a lesson plan. It, you know, it needs to be part of the routine, part of your instructional practice. And it's just so simple to do. It could be done in 30 seconds. So Absolutely. I love that. And don't
1: get me wrong. Sometimes there are great lesson plans out oh, there, yeah. great resources out there. So I love to every once in a while say, let's let's look at this empathy lesson, or we'll try something, and that will be a 40-minute period. But in terms of our day-to-day practice, that is just so ingrained in our routines. Yes. Um, and one thing that I would like to add is that, yes, I do you at specific times every day and breathe like a bear at specific times every day, but I do also take time in the middle of each day at you know, you recognize your kids, you learn their behaviors, you can tell when they're starting to get anxious, and I always am like, take a breath, take five. Something as little as that can really turn them around, and it's not like groundbreaking to take a deep breath, but it really does make a difference in their class period to class period.
0: And haven't you noticed the difference that it makes in your own physical makeup oh at the gosh, same time? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah you know I did I mentioned that piece about um having it take 30 seconds and making it a part of your instructional practice rather than a full on lesson plan because I I don't want to turn teachers off I'm trying to I'm trying to get a lot of teacher buy in just because the last thing that a teacher wants to do or needs to do is to add anything more to their already stressed plate. And, and forget about the time that we're in now, just in a regular classroom when we, we are physically in our buildings. Um, it's when they hear that there's one more thing to add, oh, now you want me to do mindfulness? The thought is, oh no, there's another lesson. I have to stop what I'm doing. So that's the myth that I'm trying to debunk to let them know. You can just slide it right in and it could be nice and easy. and. Absolutely. Going off of that, I wanted to know if you could continue that conversation and add if you see anything um, that you want teachers or administrators to know about the implementation. Is there? You talked a little bit about time. Um, you shared some resources already. I didn't know if there's any other resources you want to share. And um, and what are your thoughts on mindfulness being done without resources?
1: Yeah. You can definitely do it without resources. That's one of my goals moving forward is, I mean, I do have my own practice, but I am new to my own practice as well. I haven't been doing it for years and years. So one of my goals is to kind of start coming up with some ideas on my own and I mean, I do rely heavily on you, Hugh, and Breathe Like a Bear specifically, and I know that there's so many great resources out there, but I would love to kind of tap into some creativity, come up with some unique ideas that are my own, that I do in my own life that I can bring to my kids as well.
0: And that's all, you know, I love that. I don't know who said it, but somebody said it and I love this phrase, imitate, integrate, innovate. You know, you imitate the best practices that you see out there. You integrate it into your own practice and you make it your own and you add your own style to it. And therefore there's the innovation of um, your goal of coming up with ideas on your own, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so there's
1: a, um, I like to do yoga with Adrian on YouTube at home as just part of my workout routine. And So a few weeks ago, she posted a practice that was designated for kids of all ages. So I took my computer outside, invited my kids to a Google Meet, and we all did yoga together. That is so great. Yeah, it was really fun. And so those are just kind of the things that I'm trying to do is like see what I see in my outside of school life. Think, oh, how would this work with my kids? And then kind of just try it on my own from there. It was the only time we've ever done yoga together. I would love to do it again. But I just happened to see it and think about how I could use that.
0: Yes, I'm, I'm doing that myself. And I want to open it up not just to the students themselves, but also to their families.
1: Yeah, for sure. I loved I loved turning my uh, screen on grid view and seeing my kids with their parents or their siblings
0: or who had their dogs next to them. I was it just going to say, yeah, awesome. watching their pets walk walk around them and on top of them is really great to see. So, so Stephanie, what's your favorite part of this program or using mindful? It's not really a program. What's your favorite part of using mindfulness in the classroom?
1: Seeing my kids, seeing the change in my kids, I think seeing them if it's If it's they come in for a math test or um, they come in and we start a new book and they might be a little nervous, seeing the actual physical change in them once they take that time to do a couple deep breaths or to say to me, Miss Diano, I am not feeling very confident about this and here's why. And then we work through something together and then I can just see with my own two eyes how it is impacting them. That's the best feeling in the world to just know that some little part of them might be feeling better.
0: That's lovely. And um do you see this program going any further? As educators we often have these really great ideas that can sometimes get thwarted just because of reasons beyond our control, whether it has to do with budgets or people that don't agree with the philosophy that we're doing in our classroom. Um, Is there any room for expansion for this program? And if so, what would be necessary in order to make that happen?
1: Well, I think just being aware of how you're using mindfulness in your own life. And like I said before, bringing little things here and there into your own life into your school life that you have been using personally. Um, And I just, I don't think it can hurt to just bring it up in conversations with your colleagues. Hey, I tried this out with my class that worked really well. I think just word of mouth and in those casual conversations with each other is the way that we can spread the mindfulness movement in an organic way that doesn't feel overwhelming to anybody. If you just say, listen to this 30-second moment that I had with a student, and they might think, wow, I never really thought about it like that. So I think just kind of using our friendships that we have with each other, using our relationships as coworkers to share ideas.
0: I think that's great. It was so beautiful the way you said to spread the mindfulness movement, and, <laughs> and in that way, then you just really do organically start to weave it into the school's culture. Absolutely. Stephanie, you have shared so many wonderful resources today. Are you willing to share your contact information with listeners so anyone with further questions can reach out to you?
1: Yes, absolutely. So my email address is s-d-i-i-o-n-n-o at stanhopeschools.org.
0: Thank you. I'll be sure to link that onto the Shift for Wellness website also. And is there anything else that you'd like to add or anything that you just want to share that maybe I haven't asked you today, but you think is relevant for people to know? Um, I think... I
1: think I covered everything that I really wanted to say. Um, If you want, you and I could do a quick breathe like a bear (sighs)
0: mindful moment together. Yes, yes. Let's do that. That's a fantastic idea. So why don't you let the listeners know... Um, you know, in case they're driving, maybe this might be a good time to pause the podcast, or if you're riding your bike or something like that, you might want to just pause the podcast and come back to this part. But otherwise, if you are home and you're seated or you're in a, a place where you can actually practice, how do you want them to prepare for the practice, Stephanie? And you can take it from here.
1: Okay, so find a comfortable spot. You can sit, you can stand um you can find someone in your family who you want to do it with you you can have your eyes open closed um whatever you need to do to be here in the moment and we'll just take one minute together to get a little mindful so this is called bear breath so pretend that you are a bear hibernating for the winter When bears hibernate, they breathe slowly in and out through their noses. Take a long breath in through your nose and let it all the way out. Take another long breath in through your nose and let it all the way out. Feel how relaxed and cozy you are in your bear cave. Take one more really long, really slow breath in through your nose And let it all the way out. You could open your eyes, shake around a little, and we did it. That was easy.
0: (laughs) That was simple and so easy. Yeah, seconds. Yeah,
1: it's a very cool book. So the author is Kira
0: Wiley. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time, Stephanie. I hope that you have a very happy and healthy rest of the school year, whether it's remotely or whether we're able to go back in. I just hope that you and your family are able to stay well and safe at this time. Yes,
1: thank you. You too. And thank you again so much for having me. This was so much fun.
0: You're welcome. It was so much fun speaking and breathing with Stephanie today. She has such a bubbly and bright personality. It's infectious. I would love to be a third grade student in her class, wouldn't you? I love that she shared the bare breath with us. What a great treat. The simple shift shared in this interview today is that it's important to teach young kids how to recognize their feelings by thinking about them and then going deeper by writing about them. Uhu.com is a website that allows teachers to build emotionally healthy classrooms. It tracks the moods of students while helping them to understand and manage their emotions. The data generated from YouHu gives teachers helpful information to support student learning, identify and address issues, and Stephanie also shared with me that the site flags any words it deems harmful to the self or to others. It will generate an automatic email and send it to the teacher. Here's another shout out to Stephanie's principal, Mrs. Alicia Di Cataldo. Thank you so much. She thinks so highly of you, and I am really grateful that you're so supportive of mindfulness practices being taught in your school. I would also like to take this opportunity to thank the superintendent of schools, Mr. Steve Hagman, for allowing me to highlight their district and for supporting the implementation of best practices in social and emotional learning. Finally, I'd like to take this opportunity to again thank Stephanie Diano, third grade teacher at Valley Road School in Stanhope, New Jersey, for making herself available and for sharing her practices with us. Feel free to reach out to her with questions you have about how to make the practices of mindfulness a part of your school culture. Stephanie can be reached at S-D-I-I-O-N-N-O at stanhopeschools.org. To learn more about making mindfulness a part of your lifestyle and classroom instruction, listen to the four-part mindfulness series I recently produced here on the Shift for Wellness podcast titled The Mindful Human. You can also read the article titled, Mindfulness is Not a Class Period, It's a Lifestyle. That was recently published in the April edition of the NJEA Review. I'm also going to post that article to the Shift for Wellness website as well. Right now, you can also check out my friend T.J. Belasco's article, Finding Peace in the Workplace. T.J. is the Cape May County Teacher of the Year for the 2019-2020 school year, and his article was published in last month's edition, and it's really fantastic as he shows how teachers can make their own way through the teaching practice while taking care of themselves. You can also practice along with TJ in his new podcast that he's produced called The Mindful Classroom. Thank you for listening. And if you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, no matter where you listen, make sure you take a moment to subscribe so that you don't miss another episode. Please rate and review the show while you're there. And remember, it's not about being perfect. It's about being easy with the practice.